Welcome to Hard Hat Uncovered, where our mission is to get safety professionals and teams to realize that making a change impacts me, making a difference impacts others, and making history impacts the world. I'm here with your host, Junior Gutierrez. Hard Hat Uncovered. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode from Hard Hat Uncovered. We're coming to you from the studios of Hard Hat Uncovered in Alexandria, Virginia. Welcome back, <laughs> Lieutenant Oates. Hey, what's up, man? Good to be back. Welcome back, Mr. Hipple. What's going on, guys? Good to see you. Mr. Hipple, hip, hip nip. <laughs> hey, that, that ain't hey. it. Hey, if, if we're giving me a nickname, that ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> so so that, that that's actually, you know, I was trying to figure out where do we bring this up. So we're, we're going to bring, bring it up now. <laughs> so I've been asking, if you've listened to a few of our episodes, uh, I've, I've reached out asking our our listeners or our viewers to come up with a nickname for uh for dylan here so um i I think we finally figured out a way how we can do that so if you're if you're listening we're going to actually do a giveaway so we actually have a brand new klein bag that is a dropped object prevention and there it's a nice one it's the uh the canvas uh canvas leather bag with the rope as the handle and it's the dropped object one with the closing self-closing lid so i think those are like when i was buying them for my guys back in the day i think they were like 120 bucks a piece so you know this is a a pretty nice giveaway so this is going to be our first giveaway now if you're on youtube uh or if you want to go to youtube and look on our episode 10 uh, this is actually indoor air quality take a look at that and i'm holding it up to the camera it's pretty fancy it's a pretty fancy bag here so if uh if you can come up with a nickname for dylan hipple that we're gonna we'll vote on it we'll we're, vote, we're on it. vote on it <laughs> we'll vote on it so uh, you can either you know give a comment on uh, the podcast or uh, comment in the section below in youtube or email us at hardhatuncovered at gmail.com but this is a pretty fancy one so for you people that, that what's that called? ASMR? People that like listening to sounds. Oh, Velcro. <laughs> I had no idea what you were talking about. ASMR. ASMR? Oh man. That's a, that's a whole nother topic. But yeah. People who people are actually just listening to sounds of yeah. stuff like that. People chewing. It's like on those food. satisfying videos yeah. like where people are cutting clay and stuff. Yes. <laughs> it's exactly what that I is. Gotcha. So, Okay. Well, just for reference, my nickname back in the day used to be Primetime, but I think I'm out of my Primetime days now, so. Yeah. So, actually, I remember that drink. We were talking about that. The name of a drink was called a Buttery Nipple. A <laughs> Buttery Nipple? <laughs> That's the name of, a, of an alcoholic drink. So uh, all right. Alcoholic beverage. I don't think I want one yet. No, no thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, first thing I want to do before we get started into our main topic is I just wanted to uh, give a couple shout outs and I appreciate um, everybody that's been listening, everybody that's been reaching out to us. So um, shout out uh, one of my buddies, actually, Caleb Viscovi, um, commenting on t- topics he wants to hear, wants to hear something about how upper management gets uh, will, will buy into a safety program. So we're going to eventually get one on, out on that. Uh, Wyatt Bradbury always comment and support and liking our stuff so appreciate you man 
Um, Ryan Binkley, Chad White, Sharon Post. It helps out a lot, Sharon, so keep doing it, guys. We appreciate it. And then Alexander Norwood, um, he also reached out wanting to hear some podcasts on you know, quality skills advice for young safety professionals. So that's something else we're going to work on in the future. So just know it's coming down the pipeline. We appreciate everybody that likes, comments, shares our stuff. Um, every little bit helps, so keep it up, guys. Appreciate it. Yep, keep sending, uh, sending y'all some comments, <laughs> shout-outs. Uh, you know, make sure y'all are liking all of our podcasts and YouTube videos. Subscribe, put your alert on, uh, whatever you got to do, um, just just to make sure that you're getting our notifications and stuff like that. So, but but again, thanks to thanks to uh, everyone out there uh, that Dylan mentioned and everyone else that is listening, because uh, th- the reason we're doing this is for is for y'all out there in podcast land or YouTube land, however you watch us or listen to us. All right, <clears throat> so let's get into. Uh, oh, actually, uh, happy birthday, Lieutenant Oates. That was yesterday, brother. Uh, you know what? <laughs> there, there's still a time zone, I'm sure, out there that is still yesterday. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I might be completely I, wrong. I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So, happy late birthday. What, what, what are you? Sixty-five, man. You don't look a day over sixty-two. <laughs> Sixty-three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, how old are you really? What, 48? 49. 49. Mm-hmm. Getting up there. <laughs> Almost yeah, half man. a century. Absolutely. Wow. Well, uh, but I feel like I'm probably man, 70. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say 25. But nope. No, I'm not going to nope. cheat myself well, like that. I went or, the other way. No. It's starting to creak Sound, a little more when you wake up. Sounds good, but you know what I mean? That ain't the truth. Yeah, you know, yeah. People say, oh, I feel like I'm... No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> hey, another thing for anybody watching on YouTube, uh, we got some nice gear here we're sporting. If you look at uh, Lieutenant Oates over there, he's got our new hard hat uncovered polos and you know hats. You know, If we get enough interest one day, we'll start making these things up and selling them. So if, the, hat, the hats look sharp. I like the hats a lot, yeah. I'll, I'll zoom in on the video for yeah. your hat there. No, look in yours. There you oh, go. Oh, okay. Hey, hey. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so uh, indoor air quality. Now, I know this is, uh, th- this is a subject, actually, that's going to uh, touch a lot of the industries out there, uh, and not just when it comes to construction or, or you know, maritime or longshore or anything like that. Uh, this actually uh, will, you know, affects general industry. It affects the office worker. It affects, uh, you know, the the delivery drivers that have to go into warehouses. Yeah, basically anywhere that's got a building, it can affect. You yeah. know, anywhere that there's air circulation, it can be affected. So even construction site job trailers. You know. Yeah. So there is a, there is an ISO standard out there that actually covers this. That's the building environmental side, which is the ISO sixteen eight fourteen two thousand eight. So uh, we're trying to throw some more of these ISOs out there because. You know, we we have listeners out there that uh, don't don't live in the United States, so we refer a lot to OSHA and, and FPA and stuff like that. But the ISO is the common uh, standard that that's an international thing. So, uh, but yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. So, so one of the main reasons we're talking about this topic, indoor air quality, is because you know it affects a lot of people and it affects their health, their comfort, their well-being, and and really can even start to affect your productivity so there's lots of ways to look at this um you know osha's recognized that i uh, I, iaq indoor air quality 
has been hazardous to workers' health for a while. So they actually have some good uh, reading information on it if you guys want to look it up. But uh, we're going to dive a little further into the topic today. Yeah, and you, one of the one of the good resources that's out there is the you know is the EPA. Uh, you know, again, because this has affected uh, not just the workplace, but you know, schools. So school children are affected by it, and mm-hmm. the, the office worker, and just so many people. So. Uh, so Dylan, give us a little bit of background. Actually, what, what is you know indoor air quality? Yeah, you know um, it's just what it sounds like. <laughs> it's it's the air you're breathing when you're indoors, right? Um, so just for reference, you know, think about an office worker. They spend you know roughly forty hours a week, probably more, in a building. Um, wh- what are they doing in there? They're working. They're eating. They're drinking. They're studying. Some people sleep in their office. So um, you know they're affected by the air that's in there. Uh, a lot of that environment comes from makeup air, um, and w- the the effects of that makeup air can be detrimental. Um, and more people suffer from indoor air pollution than actually outdoor air pollution because you know it's a lot more concentrated. It's a lot more you know you're you're easily affected by it in in large quantities when you're indoors. Yeah. Hey, and I just want to clarify when you're talking about people that sleep in their offices. Uh, that's typically not the safety professional. Never, so, not once. So I know some people out there want to take a jab at a safety professional when you said that. So, hey, that, thanks for protecting <laughs> us, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and one of the things that makes the indoor air quality so tough to uh, control is because there's no cookie cutter plan. All these buildings are, you know, built in different decades, centuries, eras. Um, not only that, it's uh, the makeup of a building can be different. I mean, buildings can be side by side and, and be completely opposite on how they were constructed, how they're designed, their their functionalities, you know, just the, the mechanical makeup of it. So that's what makes indoor air quality so tough uh, to maintain and just to get a handle on. Right. I mean, we're talking about all these things that affect it, uh, like the, the site of the building itself, where is it located? Is it next to an industrial plant? Is it located next to a chemical plant? So what are what are the pollutants coming from the neighboring buildings? You know, are there renovations going on inside the building or outside the building that are creating you know dust and other types of um, you know air quality issues? Um, is there a maintenance program for your building for the air system? Um, do you have too many people for the building itself? So you know, if we have a, a this small room full of thirty people. The carbon monoxide makeup is going to be, you know, really high. Um, and then also just what activities are going on inside the building. So all these different things affect the indoor air quality. Yeah, you know, and, and it's a good point you just made about how many people are in the building. You know, typically that is covered when it comes to, you know, the fire marshal will say, okay, this, mm-hmm. you know, this building can have 150 people in it. Right. You know, but the fire marshal's concern is, is when it comes to having to evacuate the building. So mm-hmm. the fire marshal's concern when he puts that limit on the capacity is not the indoor air quality, but it's it, a good point that you brought up. Right, it's how many people can we get out of these doors in a timely fashion. It's not the the actual air makeup that they're breathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and some of the tell signs that you might see in your building. So like if you got a kitchenette in your office building and and you have dust sitting on your microwave, if you have dust on the countertops, um, you know, just just anything like that, dust on the trash cans, those should be uh, some telltale signs that uh, you're probably having some indoor air quality issues, you know, in your building. 
you know, so it, it's time to start taking a look, you know, at your HVAC systems and things like that. But uh, not just that. So I know we're talking about some of the airborne stuff, but uh, you also got to consider, you know, radon and stuff like that that's actually coming from underground mm-hmm. that that can actually come into your building. Yeah, moisture is another big one. So you're getting any type of moisture, you know, creating damp areas um, that can grow mold. So there's um, you know, reason to take precaution on anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was thinking about, uh, actually, when we're talking about radon, or when I just mentioned it, you know, back in when I lived in Nebraska, all of the homes had these little radon detectors. Right. That, you know, that were down in the basement area. I thought it was the craziest thing because, you know, where I'm from in, in Texas, we didn't have any basements. So that was, uh, that, that was something different for me. So, uh, also improper temperatures in your building. So, uh, sometimes you have the, the office next to you, the, the office, uh, mate or, you know, roommate, however you want the office mate. And then, uh, you know, everybody, everybody wants to have yeah. different temperatures. Right. You, you got Betty Lou over here at Once. 80 degrees and then <laughs> yeah. you got Jim, yeah, yeah. the one sitting at 68 and, you know, yeah. so that the difference in temperatures creates that relative humidity and, and the moisture and the, you know, all kinds of issues with your air quality yep. and then you got people want office fans and then you got somebody else who have office heaters you know mm-hmm. under under their desk and then they got humidifiers and dehumidifiers and right all of those things um play a big role when it comes into the indoor air quality and yeah. so those things that you got to look at when it comes to not only your your office but your warehouse your storage facility yeah um most complaints though with i with iaq i'm gonna keep saying iaq iaq is indoor (laughs) air quality um it comes from you know flaws in the building design itself or inadequate maintenance of the of the systems in your building that make up the air the the uh enclosures the envelopes the plumbing the hvac systems um those those types of systems all need maintenance and failing to have a maintenance schedule can affect the the iaq yeah and you know, there's uh, so I think we're still. I think there's a lot of factors that we could talk about. Um, you know, if in your building, if you do things like, uh, I'm, I, you know, I worked in one facility where we had the aerosol puncture drum. Mm-hmm. You know, so you could put a, a a spray paint can that's already been used, and you put it in this drum, and then it, you know, anything that's left in it, it'll puncture the aerosol and put it down into the drum. Mm-hmm. And and the goal of that is to capture any aerosols that are left. However, I've been in facilities where they should have changed out the filter or, or removed that drum, you know, a, long a, year, a year and ago. a half ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, all these things, you know, play a role uh, in your indoor air quality. So um, I would say if you're, if you're listening to this, it's probably time. If you haven't done it here recently, it's probably time to go and just do a, do a walkthrough um, and really take a look at all these things that we're talking about. Um, that could be affecting your IAQ in your building or your facility. Yeah, and there, there's all kinds of benefits of doing these things. There, there's benefits of mitigating the IAQ problems. Um, you just you give your workers a general sense of comfort, um, health. It's better for them long term to be in a, a, a building where the air quality is good. I mean, that's pretty obvious, right? You know, you're breathing in good quality air, you're going to sustain your life. Um, typically worker productivity is decreased when there's poor IAQ. So on the flip side, you know, you have good air quality, you're going to increase productivity, um, especially when it's, when it's adequate. Yeah. And so 
Whenever it comes to some of the symptoms like we're talking about, I mean, it could easily make a difference between your um, employee being tired on the job site or not being tired. Yeah, so there's all kinds of different health effects that are associated with indoor air quality. You know, a lot of people commonly mistake them for things like allergies, you know, stress, just a cold flu. But, you know, if, if there's multiple people going home sick, you know, feeling sick or ill at work, and then the second they walk out of the door, they, they feel better a couple minutes later. Not, not the second they walk out, but a couple minutes later, they start to feel better. Um, that's a pretty good clue that there's something wrong with the air quality inside of their work environment. Yeah, so if you have an employee that's that's always you know completely fine and all of a sudden every every time they're sitting at their desk they're they're getting watery eyes or coughing. itchy throat they're coughing yeah. sneezing mm -hmm. you know and and i've seen several scenarios where that's happened where people will even come out and say man you know i'm doing fine until i come in this building right or you know i never sneeze until i come into the office or something like that and so uh, those yeah. are all clues. Like yeah. think think of those as clues to to what's actually going on inside your building. And if you know if you're a building manager, or building owner, or it's your responsibility as the safety professional to you know protect these workers. If you don't respond quickly to these types of complaints, you're going to have some serious adverse health consequences long term for these employees. Yeah, I mean, because what we're talking about now, the itchy throat, watery eyes, that's that's kind of the lower level stuff. Right. But I mean, so let's let's progress that a little bit more. So some people um, have the tendency to where or, you know, have the effects where they'll have headaches at work. Mm -hmm. They're feeling dizzy. But once they get outside of that building and get some of that natural fresh air, you know, they're good to go. Um, you know, some of the more severe scenarios, you know, there's people that have have uh, have have get asthma. Mm -hmm. you know or just just muscle pains fatigue rashes and stuff like that that have come just from sitting uh in a building somewhere yeah so, i mean there's all kinds of things that play into that too so it's you know the specific type of pollutant that they're breathing in what's the con concentration of that e exposure you know are we having a high concentration or just a low dose and then the frequency and duration you know you know these are all things you need to take into effect when when analyzing your building basically yeah, and when we talked about uh, silica in the last episode, we were talking about how pre-existing medical conditions can play a factor in it. Yeah, someone's got asthma, man. Before they walk into a building with poor air quality, it's going to really affect them. Mm -hmm. Yep, and then, you know, just it, like I mentioned before, you know, uh, or in the previous episode, you know, COPD and stuff like that, those, those individuals that already suffer from those type of things, when they come into a building like that, you know, it's going to be two times, three times worse uh, for those in individuals. Yeah, and, you know, what are some of the long-term effects, you know? Yeah, and respiratory diseases, heart diseases, cancer. Uh, and it's hard to think in your mind that, hey, how can poor, indoor, it, poor IAQ, you know, give me some type of throat cancer or, you know, lung cancer? You never yeah, know. But you're exposed to it all the time. Right. And, yeah. you know, that's the biggest factor. You know, you go into work, especially if you've been working in an office for 20 years, 30 years. You know what I mean? In the same building. Mm -hmm. You know, you're exposed to it every day. So you don't think about it, you know. You just think that, you know, every time I go in this office, my throat starts to hurt. You know what I mean? My chest starts to, you know, hurt a little bit. Yeah, or, you don't you associate know, you, it nah. with, you know, poor air quality. Right. Because you, you don't know. know any better. Absolutely. Yeah, actually, uh, when I was uh, about 18, I started working in a, a, a custom paint and body shop. And sometimes I'd go into the mixing booth area. Uh, which was connected to the paint booth, mm 
And if somebody was in there painting and I was in that, in that area doing some mixing or something like that, I could start to taste the paint and stuff in the back of my throat right. from, you know, from that was escaping from the, from the paint booth. And so that, you know, that, you know, has an effect on, on someone's long term, you know, think mm-hmm. about those people that are in that industry that are mixing paints, painting cars and stuff like that, that are doing it for 20 or 30 years. I know, right? Yeah. So, you know, those are, those all come from a specific type of, you know, uh, exposure you guys ever heard of legionnaires disease or legionella mm-hmm. you know and that comes from water so that's when you know you have a bacteria growing in slow moving or still water so mm-hmm. these are other things you're going to look for when you uh, are, are you know surveying your building is there an area where water can get in is it leaking is my building always damp because if so you're going to have workers contracting this you know legionnaires disease right. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's a that's a big one for um, if you're listening and you have your buildings are kind of in the southern states, you know, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, mm-hmm. Florida, yeah. Texas, uh, yeah. you know, Swampy. Louisiana, <laughs> you know, that is a big deal. And you could tell the difference when you walk into a building, you could almost just feel that dampness that's in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You almost yep. feel, you know, you're like you're walking into a sauna, but it's not a sauna, you know, right. it's, it's your work site. Yeah, and I mean, in those types of environments, you have all kinds of bacteria, funguses, mold type things like that start to grow. So, and, and those all have adverse effects, as we know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and I've seen, you know, being down working in the Gulf Coast region for so many years, um, I, I saw companies just try to do the quick fixes, and they would just throw these little chlorine tablets just all over the floor where there was water <laughs> dripping on the concrete there or something go. like that. You know, the quick fix. Oh yeah, you know it's gonna. But <clears throat> yes, that that's a quick fix. You know, but that's. That's a band-aid on, on really on, on an issue. Yeah, the, you that's know. On, that's a band-aid on an injury that needs stitches. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the, you know, the the best way to do it is to find where the, the source of the dampness, find out where it's coming from, and eliminate it completely, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it might, so, you know, some of, the, uh, some of the factors might not even be coming from your building itself. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be, uh, the source of it might be coming from a, another building right so you know some of these buildings that are built side by side um one building could be having a leaking issue or something like that and then have an effect that it's leaking off into so you're just trying to do this hey i'm gonna put some uh, some kills primer on my wall there just to get rid of that back you know that mold that's growing through but you haven't fixed the problem right you know um and you got to think about the buildings next like junior just said the buildings next to you and the things they're doing you know where are you drawing your makeup air from is it that is it right where the other building is blowing out all their bad stuff? You know, mm-hmm. um, is your is your building located right next to a highway? You know, why would that be an issue if if my building is located right next to a busy Exhaust. interstate? Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. and like like I just said, think about where your makeup air is coming from. Is it bringing in all those exhaust fumes into your building? Yeah, and some of these older buildings, uh, you know, they they might have. Uh, we were we were discussing this before, and some of the older buildings they were built uh, in a manner where if it was a warehouse, they didn't really care about how tight the construction was mm-hmm. going to be. They didn't care if they were going to lose a little bit of heat or mm-hmm. lose, lose a little bit of air conditioning, you know. Right. And so nowadays they, they're building the, the buildings a lot tighter to prevent that air loss, you know, to save money on their light bill. Um, you know, but so if you're in an older building, that, that goes right into, think about if you're driving in like a, a industrial district, you got all these 18 wheelers coming by and now all of that, 
those, those exhaust fumes and all that, they're making their way in because there's cracks in the building. Right. The the windows don't seal because it, the building was built in the 50s, and so those the window seals should have been replaced, you know, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they still haven't been replaced. So all this this uh, fumes are leaking into the building. Yeah, and another source that factors into it is you know the the, the system design and the maintenance of the building itself. Um, you know, specifically, I'm thinking about the HVAC. Uh, HVA system, you know, is it functioning properly? Do we have negative pressure inside or outside? You know, are they equal pressures? You know, because if we have negative pressure, then we're bringing in outside pollutants into our building. Yeah, and so, so I just mentioned about you know not replacing the windows stills and stuff like that. So let's just say if it costs, uh, I don't know, a hundred bucks mm-hmm. to to replace a window seal. Um, and an uh, an employer is not willing to do that. What are the odds that they're going to want to drop thirty thousand on replacing their HVAC system? Right, right. You know, what are the odds they're going to want to drop, you know, uh, fifty thousand on, on replacing all the windows and the HVAC system and the door and, seals? And, and this is where, as a safety professional, you start looking into the cost benefit ratio to figure out, okay, this is what it's going to cost us now. But, you know, in 30 years when all these people were filing claims <laughs> right. against us, we're, we're talking millions of dollars. Yep. So you, you got to use that to your, that cost-benefit ratio to your advantage. Yeah. Hey, but we save 50000 50, a day. Right. Absolutely. You know. uh, okay. <laughs> Whatever you say. $10 million. <laughs> You know, and, and so when it comes to, to the HVAC system, you know, that it's, it's, it's a tough deal, um, especially if you don't already have that in your mindset. Like, let's just say – an industrial hygienist, they, they understand how the airflow is supposed to work and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the negative pressure like you talk about or, or positive pressure, uh, you know, that when it comes to airflow. So, you know, our recommendation is if, if you're not familiar with that kind of stuff, you know, and, and this is one of them areas where you don't have to go and hire a hygienist when it comes to the HVAC. There's HVAC companies out there that they already know how an HVAC is supposed to work. They already understand the system designs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to go and hire an industrial hygienist <clears throat> for, for this scenario. You can just get this get get the local HVAC company to come out and, and, and look at your building design. Right, and each you know each HVAC system can be specifically designed for each. Uh, intended purpose you know they can modify the temperature the humidity the airflow you know all relative to how many people you got working inside that building so each HVAC each HVA system can be specifically designed for for the building that it's going to be put in yeah especially if you think about uh, some of the some of the networking rooms that has all these uh, servers and stuff like that for your computers um those rooms need to be a lot cooler than than the rest of the building because of the heat that those servers are are creating um, and things of that nature. So, uh, yeah, that's a good point. You know, we also got to take into consideration some of the rooms do have to run cooler, or some of the rooms might have to run hotter. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. to to for for certain chemicals or whatever that you might be storing, um, <clears throat> or you know, something to think about is is the local exhaust. You know, so um, you'll see this a lot in. Uh, where there's a lot of welding going on. You're right. So let's just say if a company is, is has a production line and, and part of that phase is they have uh, 10 welding boots set up or they'll have 10 tables set up where welders are welding. And so, you know, you have to have a some type of local exhaust ventilation that's, you know, like an overhead vent or something that's sucking that air from that work. So some other things, you know, kitchens, labs, maintenance shops, parking garages, um, beauty and nail salons even, uh, 
laundry rooms as disgusting as that sounds <laughs> all all have to have a local exhaust ventilation system yeah I, when you're talking about laundry rooms <laughs> <laughs> well think about it like, well i mean I, uh, it, it's funny because the, the the way that i know that the little uh, aluminum exhaust tube off my dryer has mm-hmm. come off when mm-hmm. i walk into the laundry room and the windows are all fogged up and it feels like a sun in the room yeah and i'm like oh man that little the pipe b- popped off yep. again yeah yeah. Your, your flex pipe there, yeah. <laughs> okay, and then uh, so so we talked about you know so, some of the scenarios in in the rooms, you know, having to um, adjust your HVAC and stuff like that, uh, you know. But now we're talking about uh, some of the building material that that you have to consider whenever you're um, you know using an, an HVAC system, you know, stuff like that that can also have an effect in your indoor air quality. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so as soon as you said the building material, first thing I thought about is like, you go to a construction site and they're storing all their material outside and you know, it rains mm-hmm. and then they install that material soaking wet. So what happens when you stall, install soaking wet insulation or drywall or, you know, things of that nature, you know, you're put, you're already putting that dampness, that, you know, environment to grow mold inside the building. Yep, and then it's 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 stuck in there. Yes. Yeah. No. Now you've you've uh, drywalled it in. The insulation was wet, or whatever material. You know, maybe the 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 boards were wet, or whatever yeah. the case. And now you've encapsulated inside of inside your walls. Now you might not see uh, any short term effects from that. So in six months, you might not see that there's mold spores or anything like that. But give it a year, give it a couple of years, mm-hmm. and then uh, all of a sudden you start seeing that black mold seep through the drywall. And you can't figure it out why. And then when you take off that piece of drywall, all of a sudden everything in there is just black, just black mold all in mm-hmm. there. Yeah, and the, um, is, as a safety professional, these are things we want to look for on our on our job sites. You know, whether it be construction site or industrial site, you know, where are we storing material? Are we letting it get wet? Are we installing it wet? So these, you know, believe it or not, it's affecting the IAQ down the road. So mm-hmm. think about it that way. Yep, and then uh, also just the stuff that we're putting inside of the building. So in the, the cabinetry, the furniture. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that pressed wood that's that's in some of this um, uh, prefabricated cabinets and stuff like that. Desk. Uh, they're they use formaldehydes. They use things like that to press that wood and to keep it together. And uh, even that, the even the stains and the lacquers mm-hmm. and all that that all gives off pollutants. Yep, and, and you'll know because. And sometimes I think that we we misinterpret it for a, you know, like the new car smell mm-hmm. or something like that. Or, uh, you know, we have new carpet, and so you have that new carpet smell or that freshly painted smell. Uh, and so we associate that with something new that's in mm-hmm. our building, um, but and not even realizing it, that that could be creating a poor indoor quality issue yep. in our office. And we mm-hmm. don't even, you know, like I said, by default, we're associating it with a new paint, a new wall smell, when that's really something that could be harmful for us, you know, in that moment. Yeah. Even even um, certain building maintenance procedures can be a source for uh, bad air quality. You know, think about the pesticides that are used outside or the types of cleaners that are being used mm-hmm. indoors to clean, you know, the building. Those can, can easily contribute to, you know, having poor air quality inside the building. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have your, we'll just use the office building for example. If you have your office building cleaned once a week, if that uh, cleaning person comes in and then then they leave the carpets wet, 
mm-hmm. and they allow it, it to air dry. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they start to get that that bacterial growth on the carpet, and then that contributes to the uh, the, the poor air quality as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and something else, you know, we're, we're talking about uh, you know the individuals that come in the building. Now, uh, you know, I, I know. Lieutenant Oates likes to come to work sometimes with that old spice on, you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, it, you know, how many times have you been in a situation where the scent of someone's perfume or cologne is too strong? Oh, yeah. Or the air freshener that they have at their desk. You right. know, I would say candle, but, you know, an open flame at your desk is highly not recommended <laughs> to have at your desk. Yeah. You know, but all those things play a factor as well. Uh, hey, when you stink, though. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, right. right. Maybe we should start talking about hygiene. If you if you got to use that much perfume or cologne, maybe you should start taking a bath. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you know we we opened up this section, uh, you know, of the podcast talking about you know what is what is indoor air air quality, what is IAQ. You know, we, we went into some of the. Um, you know, some of the just the backgrounds of it. We talked about the benefits of the mitigations. You know, we talked about, um, you know, some of the some of the health effects, some of the, uh, you know, th- things of that. Where are the sources uh, for this indoor air quality uh, issues that, you know, where, where can they come from? Where are some possibilities, some of the factors, whether it's from another building, your own building, from the underground, um, things like that. And so uh, we actually just started hitting on um, actually, you know, some of the, uh, some of the building, uh, features like the drywall, some of the furniture and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, we closed it out just now with talking about perfumes and colognes and things like that. So, uh, but what that's actually going to do, Lieutenant Oates, mm-hmm. we're going to actually leave our listeners off on a cliffhanger. Okay. So if you want to hear more about those things, we're actually going to dig into, uh, more of the the breakdowns of particulates, the breakdowns of the, you know, the biological side and the chemical side, the gases and, and vapors. So um, if you want to hear those things, which are very interesting, I, I guarantee it, uh, then you're going to have to tune into part two of indoor air quality. So uh, leaving them right on the edge of their seats for this one. This is definitely a, <laughs> a it's definitely a cliffhanger. I, I, I can tell you that I'm a, uh, you know, almost want to go on but we have so much more to discuss just like we did with silica that i don't want to cut anyone short from the uh from the things that we want to talk about so uh with that being said dylan what is our what, what's our main mission goal statement. yeah what is our <laughs> mission statement you know we're out here we're trying to make a difference we're trying to make change in the safety world so you know making a change impacts me making a difference impacts others and making history impacts the world that's right so <laughs> i had to put him on the spot Boy, there. <laughs> i almost forgot our own mission statement there, i had boys. to put him on the spot there so again so coming to you from the hard hat uncovered studios in alexandria virginia make sure that you're hitting that like button that you're subscribing uh look for us on any podcast platforms if you can't find us on uh on your favorite podcast platform, be sure to reach out to us to make sure that we uh, that we get on there. That way we can uh, just uh, extend this the mission that we have out there and reach out to all of, uh, all the listeners out there. And you want to see uh, Lieutenant Oates' beautiful face? You just you log on to our YouTube channel so you can see what he looks like. Hey, <laughs> and, and with that being said, go to YouTube. Look at this canvas. I'm holding it up again. Look at this bag. It's a Klein bag. Here's the Velcro. 
Here's the climb bag that we're giving away to whoever can come up with a nickname for Mr. Dylan Hipple. It's Flannel Friday. <laughs> I just remember that. Thank you for listening to another episode of Hard Hat Uncovered. Be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube at Hard Hat Uncovered. All right, thanks a lot, guys.